We join now the Oscars 2022. Hello and welcome to the moment we've all been waiting for the best movie of 2022. I am Billy Crystal and I will read the nominated films Black Adam, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, and Puss in Boots, or The Final Wish. And the Batman, the winner for the best movie is... Black Adam! Dwayne The Rock Johnson is receiving his fifth Oscar for the night in his pivotal role as Black Adam. He will now accept the reward, the award for best picture. Can you smell what the Oscars are cooking? Finally, The Rock has come back. The best picture. I'm going to take this Oscar, turn it sideways, and thank the Academy. But seriously, folks, I would not be here without Mike, Eston, and Adam. You got me where I am. We got you back, Rocky. I knew this day would come. This day can't get any better. I can't wait to go home and tell my wife, Taylor Swift. And as my privilege for winning the Oscar and get the honor of ruining the career of any actor in this room, I am therefore putting on a bounty on Sam Raimi's head for Doctor Strange. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Rock. I am announcing my run as President of the United States of America. Give me a round of applause, stroke my ego, if you want me to put Tom Hanks through a table with a rock bottom. Wow, guys, this podcast journey has been amazing. We're not only taking home six-digit paychecks, but we're changing the world for the better. Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. What? What? You fell asleep during the podcast. I was just explaining my 30-hour watch of a Ken Burns documentary. It was really, really uh, provocative and entertaining. Wait, wait. So The Rock did not win the Oscar for Black Adam? No, unfortunately not. And you still have to watch All Quiet on the Western Front and everything, everywhere, all at once. Ah, uh, nuts. Hey, cheer up, Mike. We can talk about the countless Marvel and Star Wars spinoffs coming out. Hold on, guys. Taylor just texted me. She needs to know which venue to go to for a wedding reception. Adam. 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 Adam! Ugh. Ugh. What? You were sleeping during the podcast. I am almost done explaining this documentary on Ken Burns' work. Patience, guys. Ugh. Okay, quick. Tell me if I'm a free-range bachelor or, mama, or, or am I a man that's settled down with a multimillionaire pop star? Uh, you, sir, are a bachelor to the rapture, my dude. Oh, thank God. I had the weirdest nightmare. Yeah, no problem, brother. I will wrap up this documentary talk. Wait, who just came into my room? Is it the entire cast of Guardians of the Galaxy? What? You want to sign all of my posters? Yeah, heck yeah. I would love that. Aston! 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 No, 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 guys. This is not a dream. This is a regular Wednesday for me. Trust me. Hold on. Vin Diesel wants to take me out for authentic Greek food. This is amazing. Got to go. Hey, y'all. It's been fun. Aston! Good morning! Problem. Why not? Why are you not entertained? Why so serious? 
Vin Diesel and Greek food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, uh, I asked Vin Diesel if I asked him to go out to lunch. I don't know if I'd hit him up with Greek food. He just doesn't seem like a good guy. <laughs> maybe maybe he wants to try new things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Maybe Whataburger, but Yeah. <laughs> So, welcome to Film Logic, a podcast about the movies of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We are part of the Retro Logic Network, and this is the home of Retro Logic, a podcast about retro video games, retro groove, on topic retro. And not just that, not just being a media company, but we are a discord of decent human beings. My name is Mike, and I am with. I'm Eston here. I'm Adam. All right, guys, let's jump into the nitty-gritty. I know we just did a skit about (laughs) the Oscars, uh, but Mm. let's cheer ourselves up before we talk about the Oscars. So, what has everyone been watching? Oh, man, yeah, who wants to go first? I mean, um, I can go first, probably because my my list is the shortest. Um, (laughs) uh, I, I just saw... Guys, I saw John Wick 4... Truly, 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 truly life-changing. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I think it moved right into my top ten movies of all time. I mean, I, it was right up there with my movie-going experience watching movies like, you know, The Return of the King, right up there with The Dark Knight. Like, it was, from from start to finish, yeah. I mean, from start to finish, everybody in the in the studio was locked in, and or in the studio in the uh, in the audience was locked in, and um, you know Donnie Yen and John Wick provide you know incredible you know incredible performances, light like serious life work, um, kind of fulfillment, and it was yeah, it was beautiful. I can't recommend this enough, and. Uh, yeah, like I, the highest, I think the highest endorsement I can give it is the fact that I went to go see it with my my brother, who he doesn't really like movies. He doesn't like attention span. He doesn't have the attention span for it, and he walked out of it saying that that was one of his best movies he's ever seen. So, um, yeah, you know this this movie, you know, it really does it for me. Ten out of ten. Can't recommend this enough. Wow. Would, would you say it's better than the uh, other three? No, I mean they're, they're, they're like they're. Uh, it's tough. It's tough because yeah. it's like four was so good because of the because of what it was built on. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, there's there's a lot of like payout for the investment um, they put into John Wick as a character and yeah. for the universe and. Um, but like in terms of like just it maturing as like a film and like the the director really kind of hitting his stride in in and creating like art on the screen yeah it like it was unmatched like yeah there were there were some shots in this movie that you're just like you're sitting there and you're like wow like that's I can't believe that this is an action movie with Donnie Yen in it, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's 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 great. I mean, yeah, everyone, yeah, it's it's 
from top to bottom, it's incredible. Everyone gives performances. The Skarsgård brother that's in it that plays the villain, he's great too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I, I can't I can't hype this one up enough. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody say you know they didn't like watching it. When I've seen like people, you know, comment in discords and here and there. And I mean, and obviously at this point, you know, Keanu has definitely honed in his feeling as far as comfort level with this character and has, a, you know, as like a, identifies with the character enough to actually be able to kind of mm. know what he's doing and find harmony in it and actually like, you know, put his own twist on it in it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I want to see for, it, definitely. For sure, for sure. Right. Right. You know, it. I think the most impressive thing is that it's it's just under three hours long, but the pacing in it is brilliant. And, you know, when it's... When it's go time, it kind of grips you, and when it, it needs you to, to settle down, it kind of it, it it's it's just well paced, and like even to the point in like some of the longer action sequence sequences, they time the the timing for those scenes almost go along with you know John Wick's endurance. Like there, it comes in waves, and you're like, oh man, I don't know if I can take much more of this. Just as you know, John Wick gets knocked down for the third time in the scene, you're like, get up, buddy, you can do it, and it just. It, it takes you for a ride. It's it's great. Oh, yeah. I love movies like that. That's why, like, in the Bond movies of the Craig um, series, I like Quantum of Solace because it's like that. Like, the start, it shifts mm-hmm. in its ear within, like, the first, like, 15 minutes, and then it doesn't let off the gas pedal. It just constantly, doom, 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 doom. So yeah. I love movies like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, talking to, I was talking to some friends, and I was like, the, you know, in the, the first three... I mean, of course, there's some great action sequences, but each of the three has, like, one final kind of climactic sequence, right? And it's, like, the biggest and usually the most has the most production and all that. But in John Wick 4, every single action sequence is, like, the final action sequence from the first three. Except there's, like, six of them in John Wick 4, and it's... each And each one is different, and, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it's so good. Wow. Praise from Caesar. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah. Don't miss this movie. Yeah, definitely. Gotta check it out. I feel like the first two weren't... If I remember correctly, they weren't so much about stylized violence. Right. As much as the third one, and it sounds like the fourth one. Yeah. The the third one really brought into, like, like, let's go intense and crazy... The first one was all about, you know, this is Baba Yaga. He can kill you with a pencil. Right. So he's, pretty much, he's probably just going to shoot you. Um, but by the third one, he's, like, stabbing people in the eyes, stabbing <laughs> people with the pencils. Yeah. Kicking you yeah. with horses. Yeah. Yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah there's, definitely, there's definitely that escalation, but it's, like, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It, it's so, it, I, I can't, I, yeah, I can't hype it. can't hype it up hype it up enough and you know if only for uh like if you just to see you know keanu in a a role of a lifetime but also donnie yen who's like uh he's really a a childhood hero for me just all his stuff with like it man and um you know all of his you know all his you know the you know once upon a time in china and fist of fury stuff like he's yeah, like it was it was awesome to see him kind of really get his sort of due in um in uh in these movies in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it was it was cool. 
Well, that's great. Yeah, good. And I swear, the last time you said this is a great like movie, could be my top ten, was mm. uh, Puss in Boots: The Final Wish. Oh yeah, that movie's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is good. Yeah, no, that I see. I saw that in the theater, and I'm like, you know, this is pretty good. And I'm glad they actually made it the ending the way they did it because like, oh, more to come. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, it, it was good enough to get nominated for uh, best. Uh, was it uh, animated short or not animated short for best animated movie? Um, uh-huh. But I mean, yeah, it's it it's good, but in a different way. <laughs> like John, like John Wick Four feels like like a oh, this is the best action movie. This is like the pinnacle of action movies. Whereas Puss in Boots is like, oh, well, this is better than it has any right to be. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what that says about Puss in Boots as a whole series, but (laughs) it intrigues me. Now I want to watch both those movies. Yeah, you definitely should. Watch it back to back. That way you can have different flavors. Yeah, for the ice cream bar. (laughs) Yeah, you'll need like six hours. So figure it out. (laughs) Yes. You know, one day, one day, this is just like a future. As as we're talking about these movies, each being three hours, I'd love to talk about the, the does every movie have to be three hours? But that's for another time. Yeah, that's oh, for yeah, another yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, it's like you get, it seems like nowadays you're getting like a bonus tacked on. If, like, if you make it to three hours, oh, I got my bonus. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were they were saying they cut almost an hour and a half of content from John Wick Four. They said the movie could be over four hours. I was like, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that, but also I would pay good money to see the four hour cut of that. The cuts alone could be a movie, <laughs> right? That's, that's, yeah, those are some thick scripts. God, mm-hmm. some thick scripts. Yeah, for sure. But, but what about I, you guys? What are you watching? I'll go next. Yeah. Um, I, first one I watched, Dragged Across Concrete. Um, mm. I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't have it on my radar to try and watch it any time. And I was just one night thumbing through Netflix. And um, I saw like the top ten um, things like viewed and stuff right now. And I saw this had um, Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. And it was a cop movie. And I said, well, okay, I'll watch it. And it um, has Don Johnson in it also. Yeah. Um, the hit kind of quick. And um, have you all seen this movie? No, but I, uh, I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on, yeah. Yeah, they're actually, um, yeah, because it starts at, like, uh, Mel Gibson is um, a cop, and he uses some excessive force um, to try and, you know, squeeze um, some uh, people he's trying to arrest to get information, and um, gets recorded, and, and it's not graphic, what he does. It's just, you know, it's just a little bit, like, excessive force. As far as what he does, as far as how he handcuffs somebody to a stairwell, what he does to, well, I should take that back. What he does to the guys, like, what he does to the girl is kind of like, it's not graphic, but, um, you know, it's just, it's a little bit over the top as far as like how he kind of like, you know, puts the pinch on her to get information. So and it gets recorded and then he gets in trouble. And so he goes before the, um, the uh, chief who's, um, you know, Don Johnson. And, um, and then, uh, you know, he's like, uh, his, um, uh, Vince Vaughn is playing um, his partner, and so he's roped in with it too. And uh, so they actually have to ha- hand in their badges, and then after that, they have to like kind of go back to their to their lives. But then they actually 
um, don't know what to do because uh, Mel Gibson's character, he's married to this lady who's suffering a medical condition and bills are getting hard and their daughter's getting bullied by um, this um, black uh, gang on her way home from school. So he's like, well, I got to make ends meet somehow. So he decides to take like a gig um, and turns to the criminal world to take this gig and is trying to take down um, this uh, posse that is actually trying to um, to rob gold and um, from this, uh, from a bank. So they start like doing stakeouts and they start casing this, this group. And um, this group is going around throughout the movie and just just killing people um like they go into like a uh, convenience store and they kill people and just take the money out of the cash drawer and then they go in into like uh another place that shows them going and getting like killing people and um it's just really random and kind of weird how they present it as far as like the gang doesn't really have anything to do with the purpose it's not like heat kind of like that movie their killings that they're doing doesn't seem anything like driven to what their main goal is to rob the, the gold they just seem really kind of disorganized and I thought really that was kind of tasteless to have that in the movie, how they were doing it. Because I'm like, if you're going to make murders in the movie, you know, make them toward the plot line. But um, finally they get to the bank and they get there and they actually go to um, the bank scene's kind of heart gripping because there's one lady there that just left um, the apartment and she's got like a kid, a newborn. And her husband was like, seemed like a jerk, but he's kicking her out. So she actually goes there and, they're coming to the bank, and then scuffles ensue because somebody's trying to send an email to like to the police for an alert. And it really is kind of like, well, I didn't really appreciate that scene at all in the movie. It, it left a bad taste. I almost turned it off. And um, but I was like, no, nah, you know, there's only like about 25 minutes left of this movie. And it's, a, it's a, I think it's like a two hour and 20 minute movie. So I'm like, I want to see how it ends. So I continue to watch it, and um, and so if they, you know, I'm not, I don't want to give away the ending because somebody really does watch it. But, I mean, the ending, I guess, it left me, like, uh, throughout the movie, I kind of developed a bad taste for Mel Gibson's character. And so the ending did have some payoff in the sense that, like, I was actually, I mean, I, I didn't appreciate Mel Gibson's character. So, kind of in a way, I'm like, eh, well, he kind of got what he deserved. And um, Vince Vaughn's character, no. I mean, he really didn't. Um, he was kind of more playing, like, uh, the good guy that was kind of along for the ride. And... Um, but um, if anyone sees it, I mean, it's, it's a darker film. Um, there's a, maybe one or two moments of comedy in it. But for the most part, I mean, it's definitely, uh, I would probably say, yeah, if you go into it, um, definitely not a date night movie. And uh, <laughs> But um, so that's that. And then I finished up uh, the new episodes that came out of uh, the series 1923. And um, won't spend much time on that other than just like it's kind of like still open-ended. Um, one of the actual... Uh, but the nephew has got back from Africa now and is back at uh, the Dutton's house at the uh, at their ranch house. And they've actually, um, Timothy Dalton's character has actually bought out um, the, uh, bought the taxes that was owed back on the Dutton's house. And now they're in debt to Timothy Dalton's character. And so if they can't pay off that debt, he essentially is going to acquiesce their house and their land. And he's already bought up the land around their uh their land and so now they're kind of really getting screwed and it basically leaves off with um them being in that position and um you know harrison ford not knowing really what to do um he does recover after he got like uh shot up in this drive-by and fortunately the guy that did the drive-by on him uh actually got off scot-free from a lawyer that timothy dalton hired and now he wants to put him on his uh his pay roster 
And so, um, so the uh, the underhandings and the twirling of the evil mustache are getting deeper now. And the uh, the other movie I watched, and that movie is actually a documentary. Um, this is on uh, Amazon. The um, Generation Iron does these series on like bodybuilders and stuff like that. They did, of course, they did the one on pumping iron that had featured Arnold Schwarzenegger and how he started out and came to be Mr. Olympia. And then they have several others on different people. And it's become now kind of a, a series, if you will, and featurettes that they do. Well, they got one called on uh, Callum Von Mager, uh, on, un, called Unbroken, just his name. Semicolon Unbroken is the name of the show and the movie, the documentary, if you will. And Callum Von Mager is like this Australian bodybuilder. He's got a Dutch background. And it's uncanny, uncanny. How much he can sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and how much he can look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he actually played him in the uh, the mockumentary uh, Bigger, and no. um, and they actually it's uncanny how much he looks like a young Arnold Schwarzenegger in that in that movie. When it follows him, not as like his so much as bodybuilding, it does touch on that, but it follows him also as far as like you know his rise and then his fall as far as what happened, and I feel bad for the guy but i mean it really is kind of like he he was larger than life you know he played Schwarzenegger bigger and then like he actually within like a year's time frame he um and it shows the moment it happened he was showboating with another guy a friend of his in the gym in uh california and they decided to like do this this bicep curl of like uh i think it was like 250 pounds and you can see the moment it happens where he tears his bicep and so he has to go and get surgery. And then he loses um, a lot of his muscle mass. And then he loses some of his, like, deals and stuff. And, and he has some little emotional trauma with that. And so, But he recovers. And it shows him going through his physical therapy. And, um, which, you know, that's my career. So I could appreciate that. And uh, watching that. And then, you know, he gets on his feet. And he starts recovering. He gets clear to go start doing stuff. And, um... So he starts off light duty and starts working out again. And then, like, actually, his uh, brother invites him back home to actually go and um, start doing some, uh, do this wall rock climbing. And it shows this when it happens. So he's like, okay, let me do the wall rock climbing. So he goes to start doing this rappel down. And the rope is not secure. And he goes to rappel. And he gets caught up on it. And he actually, like, twists his whole entire leg and, like, pops his quad muscle all the way off of, from the kneecap oh, area. Gross. Yeah, and you can actually see it on the film and everything when the injury happens. He has to be hella backed out. And um, and he also, at the same time, re-injures that same bicep, trying to brace himself from not, like, you know, shredding his face on the on the rock cliff. So he gets recovered from that um, eventually. But it doesn't show that so much, like, in this document. Because the way the documentary ends, it doesn't end. You have to read more about him after the fact. And, I mean, the poor guy, he gets, like, so after that, he gets in this state of depression and anxiety, and he gets all these depression shows he gets strung out on methamphetamines and he actually like jumps out of his second story like window and like oh. gets a spinal cord injury and has to be put in like a coma and he can't walk for a while but now he's back and now he's back on he has a huge social media following but now he's back now he's trying to clean up you know, himself and now he's trying to get back in the bodybuilding again he can walk again so he didn't paralyze himself but um but, you know, he's got a he's got a great personality, and you and you feel you, that's what makes you feel so sorry for the guy. But um, you know, if you if you like Arnold and the larger than life personality, but you like you like some humbleness to it, and you like if you're intrigued by you know like how.
how these big guys get so you know big and stuff like that. I mean, it's worth watching the uh, the Unbroken documentary because I mean, it's a uh, you know he is Callum Von Mogger is like you know becoming pretty much a household name to the to the point of actually uh, Schwarzenegger. I mean, up there with like Dorian Yates and stuff. Because I mean, he has won some Mr. Olympian stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Have you ever heard of a Sundance film called Teddy Bear? As you're explaining this, this is a fictional, this isn't a documentary. This is, um, is about a bodybuilder. And this guy is swole. Like, he is six foot eleven and, like, equally as thick. But it, <laughs> no. it's about... Oh, Teddy Bear? Yeah, it's called Teddy Bear. Uh, Dennis, a painfully shy 38-year-old bodybuilder who lives with his mother, sets off to Thailand in search of love. So it's about like this huge guy who's like a total introvert and how he has trouble finding relationships, even though he's like such a huge dude. Oh, wow. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's like... Uh, well, who was the guy that played, um, his name escapes me, y'all gonna have to help me out, that played Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy? Batista. Yeah, Dave Bautista. Yeah, well, I watched him when he was on, like, uh, that Running Wild with Bear Grylls, I watched that episode, and he kind of touched on that a little bit, he was like, yeah, as far as, like, when I was, like, dating and stuff, and trying to date, I always felt very self-conscious about my size, because, you know, you're trying to talk to a girl, and trying to be affectionate toward a girl and you're always just kind of in the back of your mind you're thinking like you know this girl you know might be off put by my size and you know she doesn't want some big you know bear trying to hug her and trying to smother her and stuff and so on some level he said i've always been kind of self-conscious about my size when it came to like dating and Mm -hmm. girls yeah yeah and yeah and dave is dave has always been one of the Definitely in his personal life, one of the sweetest guys. Like he mm-hmm. loves his family, and like he, yeah, he's he's very he's he's very dedicated to. He's a you know much to you know against his archetype of who he. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I was surprised. This is very interesting hearing him talk. Yeah, because he was talking about yeah when we grew up, you know, it was the stuff I saw on the streets. Um, my mom, you know, she took us in. She wanted to kind of like do the best for us and she didn't want us to become desensitized to it and we grew up you know basically not having much money at all and but my mom always made sure we always all had a christmas gift she always made sure of that but that you know i would walk around with tennis shoes with holes in them and stuff like that because we just didn't have much money and and uh-huh. um, yeah, so he came from a very like kind of you know unfortunate background but was loved by his mom and had a lot of love in his life and so it just kind of shows in adulthood yeah yeah for sure Hmm. So, my movies and television shows. So, I kept hearing this good, uh, all this good stuff on Peacock, a Peacock show called Poker Face, hmm. which is about um, this girl who works at a casino who has this ability to tell when you're lying. And uh, with her power, she found out that her best friend was killed by like the casino owner and so when she solves this case by using her lie detection powers um it sends her on the run so each episode is her running away from these the casino 
um, like establishment hunting her down. Wow. And the thing that makes it so charming, it's not like your typical like solve crime show. That this this girl is like uh, I'm trying to find out who the actress is, but she's very aloof. She's kind of like um, it's Natasha Leone. Um, mm. And she kind of oh, and it's also created by Ryan Rain Johnson. So there you go. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, so this is she. She kind of plays like this person who kind of is like a hick, kind of trailer trash. But at the same time, when she, whenever she wants to solve like a a crime, she does it like you know. I heard the other day that you know. You, you know, that you said you were here, but you were actually here, you know, imagine that. And they're like, like she just uncovered this huge <laughs> conspiracy just on like this kind of this simple mind and using her skill. And these episodes actually have a lot of famous people in them. Yeah, I was going to um, say, Adrian Brody is in it. Yeah. And that's Ben Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Nick Nolte. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Rob Perlman, yeah, this is Brad there. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of charm in Poker Face, huh. and a lot of like, it's kind of uh, it's it's unassuming, you know, in in the detective world where it's all nitty gritty and hard, and you know this this one actually kind of makes you feel good about the detective. So nice. I highly recommend it. It's one of those diamonds in the rough that. Makes you glad you stumbled upon it. Um, History of the World Part 2. Hulu uh, decided to make the sequel. Um, and it's right up my alley. It's a parody movie. <laughs> so if you guys don't know about History of the World Part 1, yeah. it's them making fun. It, it's First of all, it started by Mel Brooks. And I those films, yeah. He's the king of parody. Mm-hmm. Um, like right next to um, Leslie Nielsen, of course. Oh, um, for sure. But this this uh, renewal of the series it it takes like a part of history, makes a skit out of it, and just totally makes it like hilarious. And it's got other actors like Ike Barinholtz as Ulysses Grant. Um, <laughs> Wanda Sykes as Shirley Chisholm. Um, some of these people, I am actually learned a little about history. Like, I didn't know she was the first black senator, you know, or the first first on the Supreme Court. Um, I think what, John Knoxville is in there, too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I thought, yeah, I thought I saw it, uh, little bits and pieces here and there. So it's all, like, silly, get-hit-in-the-ding-dong type humor. But... <laughs> It's to me like it when it hits, it hits, and it's hilarious. And the the scenes are like really short, so if you don't like it, just wait a few minutes, and you'll see something you like. Like there's a whole scene where, um, gosh, uh, Ulysses Grant and Abraham Lincoln are, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Ulysses. He's not allowed to have another drink. And then uh, Abraham Lincoln bumps his head on a doorway, and he's like, that's the worst thing that'll happen to my head this year. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, uh, that's funny. And, that's funny. And, they, and they address Grant's drinking problem. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. 
and um, Rasputin. Yeah, uh, they did this skit where it's like it's like a parody of Jackass, but it's like Rasputin Jack, and he's like, in today's experiment, I'm gonna get shot in the groin multiple times, stabbed in the back, and thrown in a river. And then you have like all these people and like these tiny guys in tutus dancing around while. <laughs> Like the like the Soviet Union like just tosses them in and um this not the Soviet Union the Czech Republic um it's it's like hilarious stuff like that and you you're either gonna hate it and then you probably which means you probably weren't you didn't like uh, Spaceballs right or or you're gonna you're gonna appreciate it that's funny yeah. I had to catch him some. I enjoyed Spaceballs. Very quotable yeah. movie. And finally, I saw Black Adam. Mm. I kind of get why why you wouldn't like it, like the average person not liking it. I said, it exists. I'm happy I saw it. It's The Rock being in a superhero movie. Right. Yep. He, you know, it's it's two hours of him delimbing like, people. <laughs> So it's pretty much John Wick 4. Right. Um, you know, yeah. it it has about as much chemistry as, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a sandwich next to a drink. But, you know, oh, but it, was, man. it was a fun roller coaster ride of good, good to average CGI effects. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think they could have, like, dialed back some of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the overt violence. I mean, they, I don't know. They, I, I didn't know much about Black Adam coming into it. I mean, I didn't know he was part of the Shazam team. But, um, but I mean, it was definitely some duality going on there. I'm like, okay, I like Shazam, and I like the guy. You know, I like that character because that that was fun. You know, he's like, okay, likable guy. You want to go and have a drink with this guy? But Black Adam, I'm just like, yeah, I was just like they presented him. I was like. God, this guy's like angry, and it's almost like he enjoys hurting people. He kind of hurts. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, are you sure you're a good guy? I almost feel like, I mean, you're not. I mean, I can see like Deadpool. I could like get along with Deadpool because like it's almost okay. Yeah, your your methods are twisted, but I see your mm-hmm. ending. You're a good guy. But I mean, yeah. like, but like Black Adam is just like you just want to just kill just because you're bored. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. He's got and- that like. He's got that. You, you're gonna love me, even though I kill for ninety percent of the movie kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, for me, I I think it was. It just felt like everybody got sat down on day one of shooting, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson was like, "Okay, guys." Nobody could be more charismatic than me in this movie, and if you oh, yeah. are, I'm gonna take you out. Yeah, I'm gonna make some phone oh. calls, and you'll be removed from the set. It's <laughs> just like nobody can have cooler scenes than me. No one can have better lines than me. Like, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I, I love Pierce Brosnan's character, and I, I loved, um, I loved Hawkman. He was great. Um, I like Hawkman. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what the actor's name was. I totally missed, uh, I missed out on that, but he, he was great too. I mean, all the actors, uh, Aldous Hodge, um, yeah, I felt like he, he did a, he did a great job and, um, yeah, I mean, even, even the, uh, the newcomers, I felt like really held their own. I mean, 
Um, you know, I I really like Noah Cent- uh, Centrino and mm-hmm. um uh, uh the and uh, the the lady that played Cyclone. I don't know your name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, it, it felt like a really solid cast, and I just didn't feel like they were able to effectively shine unless it was to make Dwayne Johnson look shinier. Yeah. Well, when you're bankrolling the movie. Right. Um, you believe, I believe <laughs> you're going to make yourself look amazing. Oh, yeah, that's probably what he did. He said, you see that bottom right-hand corner? That's my name in the bottom yeah. of the check. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, before we go any further, anyone have any questions? Yeah. As a geek who's wanted so bad to see the Justice Society of America, I know they pulled a C plus, maybe a C performance in here, just kind of throwing them in. Um by Amanda Waller, of all people. They just didn't explain how she decided to... Like, these people have been around all day, or they've been around for generations, saving the world, and they just kind of flew them in to fight Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, I mean, I, I love the logic of, like, this Black Adam, man, he could be uh, a world-ending threat. Yeah. Well, we need to get these guys, these fish out of water, <laughs> and some awkward teenagers together to stop. Yeah, them. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, don't you have the Suicide Squad? Right. Oh, how about at the end? You got your your anvil that shows up at the end. I'm like, good grief. <laughs> call him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, so, I know the movie was written on Swiss cheese. It has so many holes. But... You know, it it was it's a roller coaster ride, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't get Wildcat to try to come punch. <laughs> I know Black Adam it's, in the face. There's so many JSA characters I wanted to see, but you know, I'm like a mom who just wants her son to be recognized in a movie. And even though that son may have played a tree in the background, she's still proud. Yeah, she's proud that they got represented for sure. And I mean, and, and it just. I don't know. I I'm definitely hopeful for the new for the reboot um of the universe. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for um for J or I almost said JJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really excited to see what they'll do with the new Superman movie. I'm really excited about the Bat Family stuff. I'm really excited for Booster Gold. So, yes. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what we'll see what happens from the new uh I don't think they got the James Gunn universe. Yes, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 I was off course. Yeah, you're talking about like because uh, Swamp Thing is in there too, right? Because every time I'm doing that one, Ruby, or something, I've got my Marvel. And my yeah, nah. something like that. Yeah, something well, like that. From one excited DC fan to another, you know, I I can't give DC bad reviews because. I'm I'm too far in. I'm too deep. So you know, there's too many buzzwords that make me giggle like a schoolgirl. So <laughs> I liked it. I also saw Vin Diesel in Bloodshot, which was supposed to kickstart the Valiant universe. Uh, look it up. Oh it's yeah, the, it's the number three comic book universe um, under Marvel and DC, and that was supposed to be like their swan song. To get at the the table, and I can understand why it won a Razzie. Um, as you know, I have to quote that Vin Diesel 
has the same the same character and personality of Tony Stark's suitcase. <laughs> um, um, and to end it on a good note, uh, this is actually the number one movie in Netflix uh, based on that BBC detective, Luther. He has a movie called Fallen Sun. Mm. And if you've ever wanted to hate Andy Serkis, if you've ever wanted to despise him and wanted him to die from minute one of the movie, Fallen Sun is the way to go. <laughs> he is the most irredeemable villain in the world. Yeah. Like, and that's after I've seen Black Adam. <laughs> so, like, uh, Luther is played by Idris Elba, and mm-hmm. I didn't know he could age. He, he looks so old. I'm like, who's that old guy trying to solve crimes? <laughs> I thought Idris was in this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Idris. Yeah. So, he looks very different from Suicide Squad. <laughs> but, Did, um... Did you watch the uh, the show at all, or did you go right I, into the movie? I think I went right into the movie, which, okay. you know, there was a few gaps, like, out of, uh, I won't give anything away. Luther's very good. There's a number one, re- like, there's a reason why it's number one on Netflix and movies, though Netflix can be very funny with what their top ten movies is. Yeah, it can't be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. right? There's this... There's this movie uh, right underneath Luther called I See You, starring, starring Holly Hunter. Um, and that movie was horrible, and it's ranked at number three. And I don't understand how these movies... And right underneath it is dragged across concrete. Yeah, that's what I, so, about, yeah, that's what I picked. Because I was looking at the, uh, the Luther Fallen Sun, and I was like, well... I'll save that one for another night. I'll do this. Uh, I'll do the drag across concrete. Yeah, and well, right underneath that is Riddick. <laughs> speaking ah. of Vin Diesel, and Minions: The Rise of Gru. <laughs> so I don't know how they're voting or judging on these things, but well, it's it's probably downloads. And the problem is that it's people that think NCIS is the best TV show ever made. So that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, it's based on hours viewed, and 24 okay. million hours of Luther have been viewed, and 10 million hours of ICU have been viewed, and I think that's 9 million too many. Um, <laughs> anywho, let's jump into Oscar talk. I know we're two weeks late, three weeks late. Uh-oh. I, knew, I know two-thirds of us haven't actually seen it. But, you know, we have opinions, darn it. And yeah, let's we share do. Them. Well, yes. we yeah. show. We, we raised up the money and we sent, you know, sent one of us to the Oscars. Yeah. We don't have enough time for, like, send, or enough money to send one of us. And so we, we cast them and you know, we drew straws. And so, uh, yes, it's time for the report. Time for the report. I mean,. So, I mean, much to, to nobody's surprise, let alone my own, everything, uh, everywhere all at once, cleaned up. Um, yeah, but I, I really felt like this year there was a, a real depth in the field of, of movies to, to, to watch. If you guys, even just the, uh, the list and best picture, I mean, besides everything, everywhere all at once, All Quiet on the Western Front got nominated, very good. Uh, Avatar of the Way of Water, trash. Um, 
Beer, uh, the Banshees of Insurin, if you haven't seen that, that was one of the movies I felt really um, kind of got shafted. Um, it, it feels like in a, a year without, if the movie, if, if the year didn't have everything everywhere all at once, I feel like Banshees of Insurin probably would have been um, best, uh, uh, what is it? Best writing? Where is it? Ah. That one. <laughs> uh, or, yeah, yeah. Like, and best film editing. Um, but, you know, here we are. Uh, and then uh, The Fablemans, which is Steven Spielberg's outing this year. That movie is incredible. And Tar, which is also very good with Kate Blanchett. Um, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of good movies out. Women Talking to... Um, you know, all these, you know, all, really strong field this year. Um, but to me, uh, yeah, the fact that the Fablemans didn't win anything, um, considering it's directed by Steven Spielberg and, uh, the, the music is by John Williams and it stars, uh, you know, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano and, um, Seth Rogen. It, it, you know, it, it really felt like, a movie that, um, yeah, definitely didn't get, I mean, it's an honor just to be nominated, but, uh, yeah, it definitely feels like, uh, it didn't, it could have won in a year without everything everywhere all at once. And I don't want to take anything away from that movie. That movie is incredible and it deserves every ounce of praise it's gotten. Um, but you know, someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to say other than that. I mean, uh, the other, I think the other really big surprise is how many Oscars, I think, All Quiet on the Western Front won. Uh, it won for uh, Best International um, best international Film, and it won for uh, uh, best original score, which I think should have gone to either the Fablemans or uh, to Tar, um, even though Tar wasn't nominated, but it should have been. Um, and then it also won for best production design, and it won for best cinematography. Um, so it won, I won four, uh, which is you know everything everywhere all at once. I think won how many did it win? It won one. It won. This is riveting. Me counting. It won one. <laughs> uh, it won two, three, three four, <laughs> five, six, seven. Yeah, so it won seven. So, I mean, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once won three more Oscars than, you know, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which is, you know, saying something, especially for a Netflix movie. So, um, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely give those give those a watch, but yeah, I feel like Banshees of Inshirin and the Fablemans definitely are the, the 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 dark horses, if you could say that, for a, the award season for this year, and if you haven't seen those, give those um, give those a watch. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the, the, that's the report. Uh, very good. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I've, I've only seen the uh, All Quiet on the Western Front out of all of those. That you mentioned. So, so I need to like start putting some stuff on my watch list. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. 
there's there's a conversation in here about how um you know journalism and the oscars and society are so so separate from each other cuz i'm i'm looking at all the winners and mm-hmm. i'm looking at their meta score i'm looking at their imdb score which is like based on you know average joe's rating it yeah and there's so they're so different like you would you wouldn't think they saw the same movie like for example top gun maverick 8.3 by the people on imdb the people Com- yes yeah, so compared to everything everywhere all at once 7.9 um and it's like well i'm 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 guessing this is why they have something called the people's choice award because <laughs> average average Joes get to vote, and it's yeah, not just the, spoken. yeah, it's it's not the elite. You know, I think yeah. that the Hollywood elite is somewhere up there. You know, pinky finger extended, drinking their martinis, saying, "Oh, I think that Banshee shouldn't win this year." <laughs> <laughs> the politics is removed. Yeah, it, straight up. Yeah, and so. I just like it's so weird. Like Avatar: The Way of Water, Adam, you said it's trash, and I did not like it. You know, and I keep hearing that. I keep hearing like that's not like a, I'm strange. I didn't like it, but you know, then again, it's nominated for best movie, and it won best achievement in visual effects. I will finally get to see it. It came out in digital today, so mm-hmm. I, we plan to watch it this weekend. So I'll finally get to have my two cents on it. Right. And it it felt like, um, I mean, I'm sure this will probably, you know, blow your minds, but, like, the Batman was also released within the time period for these Oscars, and it felt like at the time when it came out, everyone was real high on it, and to me, it felt like it was definitely going to at least get best, you know, cinematography, or, you know, best, you know, best sound engineering, and maybe even some nods for, you know, best actor, but all it got nominated for was Best Sound. And, uh, you know, maybe because it just got released so early in the year. But, I don't know, to me, The Batman was definitely one of the best movies that came out in, in 2022. Yeah, my guess is if you release anything in March or January, you don't want it in the Oscars. Yeah, right. Well, Oscars, historically, they, they're not big on comic book movies, are they? They they aren't unless it's the Batman. <laughs> oh, okay. Or, or you, <laughs> unless it's Batman. And you know Black well, Panther. Like Man. We like you, Superman. We like Black, you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean Black Panther is Marvel's Batman in some way or another. Um you know, instead of owning a business, he owns a country. <laughs> um, but you know, that one best film when that came out the first one came out, and I'm like, really? I mean, it was good, but it's not like top movies of the year good. No, I mean, I enjoyed Black Panther, and I mean, I thought it was a good movie, but I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think it was Oscar material. I mean, I didn't see anything in there that made me go like, oh my god, this needs to be win an Oscar. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a good comic book movie. I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and to, to build on your point, Mike, and maybe this is something we could talk about when we get into RRR, but um, the how I feel about RRR and everything everywhere all at once is that like everyone it feels like 
is real tired of the Marvel formula, or at least they say, at least the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. critics are saying. But it just felt like everything everywhere all at once in RRR kind of took that same sort of formula. And I was just like real puzzled by it. I was like, you know, it, it feels like almost like this double standard where they're like, oh, you know, we don't like it when Marvel does it, but when these other studios do something similar, we really like it. And you're just like, well, yeah. I don't understand. Like, you, you know, you were just, you know, trashing on, you know, you know, Thor Ragnarok. You're like, oh, it's too funny. But everything, everywhere, all at once is like, it's, the entire thing is like a camp comedy. Like, yeah. that's the point. You know, I mean, same thing with RRR. Like, it's this over-the-top... You know, and the you know the the CGI like it's not on the same quality as you know not to take anything away from RRR, but you know it's not on the same quality as you know some of the the Marvel stuff. Definitely not on the you know people were complaining about the CGI and um you know the most recent you know the most recent coming like in Ant Man and stuff, but the CGI in Ant Man was a million times better than RRR. Yeah, but RRR still has an over ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes, so it, it's just like, guys, what what are you complaining about? I don't understand. Like, it I don't know. It it, it seems like a double standard. Yeah, I don't have a horse in the race for everything, everywhere, all at once. Though I am begging myself to get around to watching it because mm. I want to know what the hype is. Right. Um, yes, I'm here. Yeah, and I, like, I don't want to take anything away from it. I know it sounds like I'm kind of, like, raining on, trying to rain on his parade. Um, More Black Panther, less everything everywhere all at once. Um, and, like, I, and it's, it really is a good, incredible movie. You know, the, the Daniels, Daniel Shiner and Daniel Kwan, the directors, did an incredible job and all the actors were incredible and it's great to finally see you know asian actors finally get you know their place in hollywood and yeah like i I don't want to take anything away from it but it's just a a very easy thing to point to right now that's kind of like in the headlines and you can kind of point to it and like use it as as a comparison um but i i definitely do think everything everywhere all at once definitely deserved um Everything that it's gotten, um, but I think it's just yeah. It, it it's hard not to seem like a hater, <laughs> but it's like the right. most. It's the most convenient. It's it's convenient. Well, it, that's it, and it, here, it it is very good. You know, here's the mother of all coincidences. Mm. You have um, you have Doctor Strange who invented the whole lore behind multiverses and having that third eye grow between his eyes. Sure. And then you, as an outsider, you see pictures of them, and you read the description of everything, everywhere, all at once, coming out, like, maybe a month after, and I'm like, did someone see this movie and then come up with this parody right after? (laughs) Right. And, like, it's like, wow, like, this is the mother of all coincidences, and that's (laughs) what, like, really threw me off, is, like, was there, like, a bet? between Sam Raimi and Daniel Steinhardt. They're like, I'm going to make a multiverse movie. No, I am. All right, whoever makes the better one wins. <laughs> like, it's just like everybody's doing the multiverse thing now. As well. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the new... Uh, the, the multiverse is the new stuck-in-the-matrix trope. 
Like, everybody right. wants it. Right. I think it's a new, new word now on social media. I forget what it's called now. Like, a, where Marvel has kind of coined it now. Where, um, it's like, the speech is called... Maybe I'll help me out. I've read it here and there. I haven't learned the name. Like, a who's a Bennett? Or something like that is what it's called. Where, um, people are, like, ripping on it. And, um, and like, Marvel has started such a trend where, like, uh, you're in these movies and these characters are actually talking and they're talking to themselves explaining about a situation that's actually occurring right now and um and like the marvel has done it so much now they say with the characters like iron man and like uh captain america that it's become almost like a trope in movies now and that's yeah. it over like the games and um that was one of the things that, that game for spoken that was one thing they got bashed for because it had a lot of that in there and i've seen you know People talking when they're talking about this type of word. I wish I could remember it just so I can give this yeah. you know saying, justice. But um, it's actually become like a, a buzzword now, as far as like how they're like Marwa started doing that. Where and again, uh-huh. it's just like you're you're explaining the situation out loud, what's happening like to the audience, but you're talking to yourself as the character, like Captain America's talking to himself, you know, and like saying like something like Tony Stark's talking to himself, and like you know, well that doesn't really necessarily happen every day, but here it oh, is yeah. now, stuff like that, and it's just something you know. And people are just kind of getting tired of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say the best superpower in any in any superhero movie is Exposition Man, the man who lays out the whole plot in a few paragraphs and gets everyone up to speed. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exposition Man is the hero. <laughs> he's the he's the key to the Marvel and DC universe. No, for. <laughs> For sure. Exposition, man. Now I'm going to think of now. I just like that. This narrator, that guy that was from, uh, back in the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> or the Duke boys now, and a whole heap of trouble now. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much that guy. The, the guy's like, oh, Captain America, you're here. You must be here because back in 1983, there was the, when the Red Skull came over, it had this long war and blah, blah, blah. That's why you're here. Well, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Thank I'm you, saying. exposition man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a huge separation between Metascore, what people rated on IMDb, and what the Oscars think is worthy of a movie. Um, it looks like chaos. Um, but let's talk about a good kind of chaos. I want to talk about a movie that was everything, as in it was a buddy flick, it was it was a Matrix film, it was a historical action, it was everywhere. It was. It was Kung Fu it, theater. It was a Quentin Tarantino movie. It was yeah. It, it was, was in India. It was a. It was Musical. in a dream sequence. It was, yeah. And it was all at once, in which is how you had to watch it in three hours. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about. R R R. Yeah, oh, we're not saying pirate R. We're saying actually the yeah the the letter R, the letter R, the letter R. So a little background about this movie. I was flipping through Twitter and I saw the trailer. And wouldn't you see it? Every famous director was talking about this movie, at least in quotes for the trailer. That this was like the best thing since sliced bread. Can't take your eyes off of it. Um, the new Citizen Kane. Yeah, the new Citizen Kane of India. 
the Matrix meets, uh, I don't know, uh, a better Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix meets, uh, what yeah. is, uh, uh, Grease. Yeah. <laughs> so the trailer made it seem like, like this need this movie needed to be on your bucket list, and so I made it part of this show that we're going to talk about this. Because um, if James Cameron says, you know, this is the best thing, uh, and I will never make a movie this good, you know, if he's talking like that, the room you have will get to silent. Yeah, that, yeah, that puts back straight in chairs. And let me tell you guys, none of these people are exaggerating. This movie is everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, it is definitely, it is a smoothie of movies. <laughs> yes. So it stands for Rise, Revolt, oh gosh. RRR stands for Rise, Revolt, and I can't read it, the, the font is too small. Um, but think of another R word. Rebel. Um, rebel. Okay. Revenge. Revenge. Um, one of those words. It's a fictitious story about 1920s India owned by those evil white colonizers and how they love to be evil and how one man, one man, his name is Komaram Bahim. And I apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Yes, he just wants to get his daughter back. His daughter was stolen by those stupid, the stupid mayor of India, who I, I think his name is Mayor Scott. So Mayor Scott steals his daughter, and he goes on this revenge plan. Governor Scott. Governor Scott. And so he does this amazing thing by single-handedly capturing every animal. They will chase him. <laughs> Sticking them in a cage on a truck. A cage that's like five cages high, five cages wide. Mm, so um, no balance. Yeah. Yes. And then decides that he wants to open that cage full of vicious animals and get into this huge fight scene. That in, in the middle of Midnight Summer's Dream. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone's all dressed up. Yeah, yeah. Now, we got Shakespeare. We got a Shakespeare nod. Yeah. Now, if I told you that was the only part of the movie, you'd say it's pretty cool. But let me tell you, there's a bromance that makes oh, the yeah. Step Brothers look I ridiculous. Like I said, I was looking for the tandem bicycle with a uh, tennis sweater. Yeah. The next. So, Mr. Cormoran, trying to save his daughter from those evil colonizers, meets. Aluri Sataram Raju, whose superpower is getting hit a lot by mobs and still being able to live. They work together to save this kid from a fire, and then they get into the world's greatest bromance. And in his defense, he is a very dapper chap. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he is straight out of a GQ magazine. Yeah, both of these are GQ. Yeah, and he has like the most... Most like, yeah, he has a voice that you just want to hear him just read the phone book. So this, yeah, <laughs> this harmonious voice. Yeah. So the very second these dudes are like, I like you. No, I like you. 
it gets into this music video where they're on a tandem bicycle. <laughs> they're, they're like giving each other piggyback rides. Yeah, yeah. I was like, carrying a, a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It breaks into like this music video of uh, I don't know. You would see this in a like. Even Pixar would be like, whoa, that's a little too kiddish for us. But <laughs> RRR nails it. And they put that in frame, though. Little did they know, like, one of them is actually, like, on the hunt for the other one because the one is, like, supposed to be the assassin that's coming along to infiltrate and kill anybody that stands in his way to get the daughter back. Whereas right. the other one would be the immovable object that's supposed to stand in front of his way and if he gets his way he'll be promoted to the highest rank possible in this militia or this military and uh position in his station and mm-hmm. so they happen to be like yeah become shoving buddies without realizing that you know one is trying to avoid the other and the other one is trying to take the other one out and yet to actually somehow miraculously they don't know which what uh each other looks like yes and the fun thing is he drew a picture that would instantly implicate him and they'd become enemies. But oh, before yeah. before he can show the picture, it falls in the mud. Yeah, yeah right when he goes to show him the picture, a, 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 a zephyr comes along and blows it out of his hand. And, he, <laughs> and it falls in the mud. And, uh, it's just, and he, hit, he doesn't have the wherewithal to think, dang, I might need another copy. Let me go get it redone. Yeah. And if I told you that was the, the second part of the movie and that was it, you'd say... Sounds like a fun thing. But no, there's a third part does. of this movie. Um, there's a the female love lead who kind of vanishes in the third act. But yeah. yeah. A, a Jennifer, played by Olivia Morris, who falls in love with a man she does not even know his language, invites him to like a wedding, and they get into this dance battle where they perform yeah. the song Not To Not To where it wins an Oscar for Best Original Song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's serious. Like, if you ever want to see, like, a Zoolander dance-off, this is your dance-off. Yes. Let me tell you how normal it is for uh, a movie this gritty and like historically real where it's okay to just start breaking into a song and dance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Natu Natu dance was proof that the Indian people could outdance white people. That was the whole purpose of the song. <laughs> yeah, definitely true. Yeah, the the can can would not uh, outdo the uh, the Indian yeah, Punjabi dance. Yeah. Even though then, for some of the part, they looks like they're just kind of at the end there. They're kind of just jogging in place. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of getting to be just jogging, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, well, we didn't even talk about, oh, well, I'm sure you're about to get there, but they, like, take out a whole company of dudes with just, like, a bow and arrow! <laughs> oh, my gosh. I guess some of the action sequences are, like, over the top, yeah, especially, like, over the, how they rescue that one kid that's below the bridge, and, right. like, one... Goes to With fire. bungee jumping and flags, yeah, yeah and yeah. it comes out of the fire, and the flags fly apart. And I was looking for like the uh, the John Woo moment where a white dove just comes flying out <laughs> yeah. behind him, and then the the slow motion shot is employed. 
right? Oh my god! And then they drive the motorcycle that's on fire into yeah. where the British have just kept all their guns conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just like <laughs> blow it up. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And uh, you know the secret assassin. His backstory is that his dad was amazing at shooting people. Right. And oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, best. Yeah. He could hollow out his time from three hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole the whole purpose, his whole purpose, is to infiltrate the you know the British government so he can get privileges to manage their guns, so he can steal those guns and give it to like a secret army he has back home. Yeah, right. Which seems far fetched. I mean, are those guys back home waiting? Because, like, he's been doing this job for, like, years. Yeah, right? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, these people really, like, really put a lot of faith in this one man. Don't you yeah. want to have, like, a, a plan B? Yeah, decades of just waiting. Like, what are you... <laughs> like, yeah. what are they doing? Yeah. Like, like this... soon, guys. Every one of you is going to get a gun. Like, that'll matter. <laughs> like, legitimately, like, ten yeah. years later. <laughs> like, this... this, this yeah. One, this man must be a demigod, and two, these guns must be something to behold. You're going to sit around for like 10 years and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, he'll come down the river one day with the guns. Let's just sit around to that time. And there's not even really like a payoff. Like, he, they get the guns or whatever. And then, like, at the end, the end is just like, I just want my people to be educated. You're like, what? Yeah. What? I didn't know you were motivated by that the whole time. What? Yeah. And you didn't even need them. All you needed was your your best bro to yeah. to sit on your shoulders with a double shotgun while you spin around. Yeah. That's all it took for you to defeat the army. <laughs> Nothing oh. beats the power of love. Yeah, I, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I and the girl still stays in love with the guy after she. Yeah. yeah. She like unleashes. He unleashes all these wild beasts. On like uh, on them and like you know I mean like goring people, clawing people, biting people's necks. Killing her best friends. Yeah, and then like <laughs> well, and then he secures her in the in the car, and then she's like, "Oh, okay, I'm, I'll just yeah you know, dismiss all this. It's okay, you know, you're uh, you're not who you say you are, and you're quite the violent person, but you know, it it it's all good, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. still like faithfully devoted to you." <laughs> Even though they don't speak the same language. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just like, I'm like, he really, like, he really mucks it up when he goes to try and talk to her. Yeah, I mean, he's like, God, he's like painful. Like, this is cringeworthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, it, it, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a, a billion people can't be wrong, right? Like, right. <laughs> if all of India really likes this, you know, who am I, who am I to stand in the way? Um, but yeah, no, it's, and I, again, I, I know it just, it just feels like I'm poo-pooing on all these parades, um, but I, I don't know, it was just like, I got whiplash, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, also this movie's like three hours long. Oh, yes, and I forgot to talk about the third act where it's all <laughs> just political torture in whipping scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. I was like, okay, now I'm watching it. Yeah, like... Um, it turns into the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, Passion of the Christ. Yeah, it's getting out the, the nail whip and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, and he's just like, he won't bend the knee. And, uh, yeah, this is like some Roman times now. And so it's just been, yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, it gets even more blended. I'm like, God, this movie has really got like, uh, 
I mean, it is just like we can't hit that one spot, but buddy, we can hit everything if we shoot like this. Let's just let's just aim for it all. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just like the shotgun scene. That's what this movie is. Yeah, right. You're dizzy, and they're just shooting shotguns at everything. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'll say this: like it's a fever dream, and it's definitely worth experiencing once. Yes. Yeah, I would say it's yeah. And it's just, I don't know, like, <laughs> like, it, like, it's just not for me. And I, like, you know, I, I, I get that. Um, but I think what makes this movie actually really, really good is the fact that even though it's not something that I would normally choose to watch, it still kept me engrossed. Yeah. And about the pacing of this movie where you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it wasn't like a song, like every, you know, five or ten minutes, where you just like when they started going to do the musical numbers, you just weren't like, oh, another one. I mean, that, that was well spaced. And then at the start of the movie, um, you know, I mean, the start of the movie is really kind of like it's like a wow impact. I mean, how they show like how they, you know, they take the girl and stuff like that. I'm like, yikes, this is gonna be kind of a violent movie. And um, but then it mixes it up. And then it's like, okay, now it's more of a charming movie. Now it's an right. action movie. This is a bro movie. Yeah, and then like, yeah, so just, <laughs> get, the, like yeah, putting on new shirts throughout the movie. Yeah, an officer and, then, and a lady. And yeah, yeah. And then the and then the end. I, I was trying to like, okay, let me digest this visually as quickly as I can because I feel like, okay, now it's an interpretive dance on the history of India and how it became a nation and uh, sovereignty, because they started showing, you know, all the, like, leaders that helped in revolutions and stuff like that, and, and so I'm like, okay, and I'm like, now it's going into a, a historical piece, so let me try and, like, quickly, you know, interpret this, and uh, I'm like, I, I was like, I was, like, fast-feeding there, I would have been like, I was like, I wish I'd had more time, on, they would spent more time on that, and that would have been included more in the movie, like, the historical parts of it, and um, of how it got a sovereignty. Instead of just like right there in the last like interpretive dance of five minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. Also, the the fight scenes. Um, I don't know. The WWE has to hire these guys because <laughs> the way he can fling people by any limb in like oh right oh yeah no definitely yeah like definitely. 40, 50 feet easily yeah and I mean you like, can't build a barbed wire fence to keep this man in the way he jumps over fences. <laughs> <laughs> like he could grab your pinky toe and like fling you around like Wario does. Oh yeah, this guy—he would be an excellent Smash character. <laughs> <laughs> he would be an excellent Smash character. <laughs> <laughs> he would just mop the stage with everybody. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. I just kept—I kept getting like, you know, Indian Mario vibes. Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That mustache, though. Yeah, you had to respect that stash. He was definitely the Indian Freddie Mercury for <laughs> the movie. He's a <laughs> oh, man. I just flew a man. Yeah. <laughs> Grabbed his hand and threw him 30 feet in the air. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think. They never had any musical scenes where they were actually fighting, did they? It was all just musical scenes of this Happy moments, yeah. Right. They never had a fight musical scene, so which would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, even if you see the trailer, 
you're going to see everything that we just talked about. Yeah. And that should at least intrigue you. They show the picture of um, Aluri taking a tiki torch that's like flaming and like doing a Superman punch to a tiger's face. <laughs> that alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah, that is. Especially what he, how he, how he captured that tiger too. That was impressive. How he did all those maneuvers, did all that running. His awesome cardio there. I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. impressive. And then in the end, yeah, he had that, that perfect timing with that little sleep bag. Threw it right yeah. in the nostrils. That one in a million shot and got him. Right. Oh, I mean, it's got some good, good, good visual action scenes, but I mean, it, it's over the top, and that's why I kind of feel like it, some of it was kind of like. Uh, but it's it's told in a story way that actually keeps you like entertained, like you're actually watching. Right. You want to see what happens next. You're not like, and so that's why I kind of feel like okay, this is kind of a little bit of like kind of Quentin Tarantino meets John Woo, because I feel like the storytelling right. is is really there. The way Quentin Tarantino can tell a story through a movie, even if he puts like the ending at the beginning and the beginning at the end, and um, okay. but at the same time, and you got the action scenes of kind of a John Woo kung fu theater, and. Uh, so I mean, yeah. If you watch it, yeah, it's definitely it's it's entertaining. It's a you know it's a you know two and a half hour or whatever sit. But um, right. yeah, so I would encourage anybody to watch it. Now, despite all that we're saying, but you definitely will walk away from it and you'll be like, I'm not sure exactly what I really watched. It was entertaining, but it really wasn't like Bollywood. Right. Um. I have to say, like, if you are hungry for. I don't know what kind of hunger you would have. Like, if you're looking for a martial arts film, I mean, Maybe you, definitely wouldn't, you definitely wouldn't go here, though you wouldn't be let down at all by this movie. Right. No, yeah, no you'd, get your, yeah, you'd get your kicks, and you'd get your yeah. punches, and you'd get your high-octane aerials. Yeah, and if you're looking for an historical movie, you wouldn't go here either. <laughs> but this movie definitely like hits the historical parts. Like, yeah, I'm right. guessing this is true. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's true. It's like British influence and stuff like that, yeah. Although, although I will say, I feel like, you know, the, the, the main baddies, if you will, I mean, I felt like like their time came too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like it would be, I, I thought there'd be more drama involved. And right. Like, it, was just like, it was just like, I felt like it was just, uh, it was rushed. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, I, kept, well, I, don't know, I, I just kept waiting for the showdown. Like we're, the we're, talking of, well, we're talking about the the main baddies uh, yeah. being President Scott. Yeah, yeah, and his, and his woman. I mean, yeah, I thought the Supreme like, President Snoke. Snoke. Yeah, I mean, he oh. died. It took him three hours to die. Like yeah, right. Years. So, um, I mean, it was it was kind of anticlimactic. You know, he's going to do the deed. Um. Man, yeah. I, it stands for Rise, Roar, Revolt. Okay, so I finally got that right. All right. Yeah, I, and they, they, I remember they introduced mm-hmm. it in the movie. Like, they had these hard cuts, and they mm-hmm. just show the R, and they do, like, one is, like, with water, one is with flame, and stuff like that, and they show you what which each R stands for. But I couldn't remember, yeah, the third one. Yeah, oh. And I, I, like, the, the, the best thing that I can say about this movie is that it it knows exactly what it wants to be, and it's like this over the top, like 
camp by every definition, kind of like a love story, it feels like, to Indian film, while also taking aspects of, of course, Bollywood, you know, American action movies, Hong Kong action movies, but, like, keeping its own kind of flavor. Mm -hmm. And I... And at the end of the day, I think what it does better than any other kind of movie on the market is that, like, the 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 good guys are just good guys, and the bad guys are just bad guys, right? <laughs> like, you you know who you're rooting for when they're on screen. Right. You know, there's, there's no moral ambiguity. There's no, like, oh, well, you know, Winter Soldier, he's... You know he's really handsome and he's got a metal arm, but he he killed you know you know uh, he's killed so many people. Is he innocent? Is he good? He's just misunderstood. I don't know. Right? Like oh, this bad guy. You know you know you know he he's got a good point. Like he's not totally wrong. You know, and there's none of that in this movie, right? Like you know who you're rooting for. They're yeah. easy to root for. You're on board with them from start to finish, and like you just you just know who to cheer for, right. and you know they're you know not even with like necessarily with John Wick four, <laughs> you know which to me is like you know the, the you know the pinnacle of like what an action movie can achieve, you know there's still some moral grayness to the things that you know John Wick decides to do, um, and, you know in in this world that's like great, but this movie. You know, for how colorful and wonderful it is, it's very black and white, right? Like you know who to root for, and you know it makes it the movie makes it incredibly easy for you to root for them. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like after this movie, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I would kill those people too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm probably I share some blood with a lot of them and. You know, historically, I, I could be related to them, but yeah, I would do that to me too. Yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, you know, that being said, the British Raj did do awful, horrible, terrible things in India. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like it's, yeah, it. Yeah, like like I said, it's it's a very easy movie to know who to root for. And that simplicity, I think, is definitely a plus, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm just a dumb audience member, right? Like, just tell me who to root for, you know, good guys go from left to right, bad guys go from right to left, good guys shoot <laughs> green lasers, bad guys shoot red oh, yeah. ones. Yeah. Like, 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 just give that to me, okay? Like, I, I don't, I don't need to read, you know, Emmanuel Kant, I don't need to read, like, you know, you know, Rousseau to figure out the social contract. Like, give me, give me good guys punching bad guys, and I'll, I'll be happy. And that's one thing that actually was not in this movie, actually. And now I think about it, there was no monologues. Hmm. I yeah. mean, there were actually yeah, conversations to, for the plot and stuff like that. But there actually, was never any kind of like any at any point like you know a monologue going on, which you know can can be I guess it can be appreciated from time to time. So we are not like okay, let me go to the bathroom. Yeah, like I said, you know the pacing. Like it does feel like three hours. Not gonna lie to you, just because there's so many beats. There's a lot. There's so many beats in this movie, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, you know, it it all fits together. 
like a puzzle that like half of the puzzles on fire half of the other the other half is like in an earthquake the other half is like a couple frolicking in the fields but it looks like a great picture mm-hmm. <laughs> right and really what holds this together is just the charisma of the cast <laughs> um like you know if they like they <laughs> like i like I don't even like I don't even know what to say. Like they're just so considering that they don't speak English, you're <laughs> just like, man, I love these guys. Huh. Uh yeah, like it, it's it's tough. It's it's weird. Like uh, I, I, don't, I don't yeah, I don't know what more to say other than yeah. like give this movie a, a chance. Um but you know, it's it just know that it may or may not be the movie for you. Yeah. The best way I can define this movie is it's it's John Wick's Tarzan. <laughs> like that is that is the vibe that I got. And I'm talking Disney Tarzan, so the singing included. Yeah, right. I mean, I I also definitely it, it like it, it definitely had a lot of like Hong Kong action film vibes to me too. Um, you know, it, it had like, you know, you know Jackie Chan police story, mm-hmm. just yeah, over the it. top, Chow Young Fat. You know, you name it. Like it's, yeah. Like it just you know Stephen Chow. You know what? It, it it kind of really also gave me uh, like Kung uh, was it uh, what is it called Shaolin Soccer yes. and um, oh my gosh what, yes uh, what's that what's that other movie I was trying to think of um, oh shoot Scott oh, Pilgrim a little Kung of that Fu, in there <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle yes. have you seen Kung Fu Hustle it just felt yes. like that right where it's just over the top yeah like action. Yeah, it, it it it's just great, and yeah, I don't know if if you're a fan of that, like give us a go. Um, mm-hmm. And you, and there's a part of you that you just have to turn off. You have to turn off that like movie critic part of your brain. And you have to turn on, you know, the ten year old. Let's have fun. Mm-hmm. But also turn up the historical part of your brain because you're gonna learn something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah include the history at the end. <laughs> yeah, what did you learn about the British Raj? Well, first of all, you know, Governor Scott is a jerk <laughs> who lectures people about the price of bullets, which always leads men to take the biggest branch they can find and smash someone's brains out. <laughs> like, that was a repeating trope. Yeah, and bullets are expensive. <laughs> bullets are expensive. Um. Yeah. yeah. No. It. And yeah. Like I'm. I'm right there with you. It. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, like people went to go see Star Wars, not because you know it was William Shakespeare, right? Like it was a visual treat. It had incredible action, and you could just turn your brain your brain off and enjoy, you know, space wizards fighting each other. Alongside space cowboys, right? 
and that's what this that's what this movie is right like it's just to me it's the ultimate definition of what like a popcorn movie is and should Mm -hmm. strive to be and that's okay like we can live in a world with citizen kane and rrr oh yeah that man i said to tell if you want to watch it i said definitely it's a good good action musical kung fu flick yeah Yeah, enjoy but you know i couldn't help but feel that the director was grasping with all his energy to get the same sincerity that you would get out of like forrest gump right or like like some 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 movie that just feels like historically rich and like tries to put you into the world um right like they were trying to capture that but then they were also putting in their Scott Pilgrim fight scenes with, you know, Kung Fu Hustle. Right, right. Yeah. Alongside, like, you know, trying to do, you know, trying to hit emotional beats like the Shawshank Redemption. But, right. you know, it's actually, you know, I don't know, Harold the No Good, Very Bad Day. Like, yeah, at times they wanted to be taken serious and other times they were kind of tongue in cheek. So yeah, there's a there's a montage. You know the movie Step Brothers with John C. Riley and oh yeah, yeah. They have a montage where they're they're like they finally become. Did we just become best friends? Yeah, right. And then you see them having fun together. And there's the exact same kind of like, did we just become best friends? And R R R. And then they had their montage of them frolicking together and working out together. And I want to put the, I want to play them side by side and say which one has the better montage. <laughs> you know, I totally agree, but hear me out. Put John C. Riley and Will Ferrell in RRR. <laughs> yeah. I think there's an app for that. Yeah, I yeah. That would work. That'd be funny. Oh, man. Yeah, it, you know, and I, I, I'll also say this like, I'll, I, I've seen RRR and Citizen Kane the same amount of times, and I've enjoyed <laughs> both about the same. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. take that, take that for what you will. The fight scenes in Citizen Kane are—they're okay for their time period. <laughs> Not as good, but you know we've we've definitely developed past that. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't got I, I don't have too many more thoughts on it. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, you know, I praise the movie. Check. Yeah. Talk about all its different personalities. Check. Check. I'm good, Aston. You got anything? No, nah, I mean, actually, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. So I can say I've experienced the movie. It's one of those movies like Rocky Horror Picture Show in a way. Like, you just, you know, some people maybe would never watch it again, but you definitely want to watch it so you can experience it. And so I'm glad it, you know, I was able to, to watch it and say I've, I've, I've seen R now, so I can enjoy conversations if someone can be, because I can see cool. at some point this having a cult following potentially in certain circles and uh because it's just so identifiable with different tastes and movies uh, for a lot of different people and uh yeah so i encourage anybody out there just to definitely watch it um because i mean if uh it's got something for everybody in it and it is definitely has a good pace so it's not like you will uh there'll be moments where you're like god this is just dragging on and on and on so Mm -hmm. right yeah and like an Indian buffet, there is something for everyone in this movie. Yes, exactly. Um, so, 
you know, I, you know, I like this guys. I, I think we should, we should be international film logic. <laughs> um, who wants to see the sequel to Busan uh, Peninsula? No, <laughs> let's do it. We have some Baba Ganoush. Oh, that's yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll change it up. We'll go to a different place. We'll next. We'll do my big fat Greek wedding. We'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Mamma Mia. There you go. To end on a lighter note, I, I'm going to share with you what we almost did in this podcast. Um, I asked the Discord to come up with uh, Bollywood versions of songs um, in American movies. Yes, and this is what was uh, which the Discord comes up. You should you should be on the Discord, the Retro Logic um, Discord. We have so much fun, and we talk to each other, and we're decent human beings. So that should be enough to put you on there, and I'm going to put a link in the description. Um, but if we were to have a song right in the middle of these movies, this is what it would be. A Lego movie would have a song called It's Just Business. Um, Detective Pikachu would have Jato's Journeys. That must be a Pokemon thing. Don't know what that is. Um, the Princess Bride, As You Wish. Cabin in the Woods, nominated for its dance number, Hoping for a Merman. Um, Spider-Man with that great hit with great power the Super Mario movie Mamma Mia (laughs) Police Academy hell no we won't go Infinity War I can't do this all day (laughs) Indiana Jones it belongs in a museum Um, if you guys want to record yourselves and choreograph what that song would sound like and look like, we will definitely talk about it next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one I actually submitted actually in the Discord, actually, after submitting it, I'm like, I actually want to see this now. Because I did the Talladega Nights uh, Baby Jesus Superstar. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, actually, I want to see this musical number now in Talladega Nights. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for coming on this journey with us. Um, as always, it's been a dream, and it's over too fast. <laughs> Amen um, to that. Yeah, we definitely. Thank y'all for listening. Yes, yeah, for sure. Thank you for closing out in March with us. And who knows what we're going to do for April? Yeah, who knows? I think um, there's a little like Nintendo movie coming out. We can probably go see. Ooh, Punch Out! There we go. <laughs> you say Punch Out. Yes. Yeah, remember, remember, the eye that winks is the yeah. one that's got the punch. Yes. <laughs> that was the trick to it all. Starring Mike Tyson. There you go. <laughs> wow. Anyways, I've been Mike. I've been Adam. I'm Esther. Uh, thank you for watching Film Logic. Thank you. <laughs> the eye.